Hello to you and welcome to the Adam Coombs podcast. This podcast series will cover subjects of the mind, body and being in a chatty, conversational and relatable way. I'm counsellor and solution-focused therapist Adam Coombs. This week is episode number four on creating order and I hope you enjoy doing thank you to everybody that has listened to the previous episode so far and all of the lovely feedback that i've received it's been really helpful to get a lot of guidance and points from people and it's all been truly listened to and appreciated i worried today that the episode is going to cause a lot more feedback maybe for the wrong reasons as i'm going to be talking about a particular order of eating a roast dinner and um I even fear it may go as far with some people to to send in some hate mail. Hopefully not. Um, The reason for this is I'm going to tell the story of a dinner that I've eaten recently where I eat dinner in a particular way. Um, Only a roast. I only show respect to a roast dinner um, in that way because I know the time and effort that's put into it so I want to maximise the enjoyment out of it. That's just a little thing that I have, a little quirk, um, which gets a a little bit particular. And uh, and that was highlighted to me. I do get passionate about the um, about the debate, um, just as I do about the, uh, the the correct order of having jam and cream on a scone or scone, depending where you live. And uh, of course, the correct order there is a Devonish way of cream first, followed by the jam. You can also write in and challenge me on that as well, and uh, I'll, I'll willfully engage in any form of debate that you wish to um, go go down. I should probably point out, if you don't know me, by the way, I do have a slight dryness and um, sarcasm to a lot of things that I approach in my personal life. I just quite enjoy that facet of my character. Um, so please don't take anything I say too seriously when I'm talking about um, debating and engaging in a meaningful conversation about about food. I just It's just something I quite enjoy doing as a, as a laugh. So a little while ago, I sat down to a lovely roast dinner it would take an hour and a half two hours to prepare lovingly made sat there on a plate in front of me as i sat down steam coming off of it looking at it as a work of art an absolute beauty could not wait to get involved but as i mentioned i eat things in a particular order of a roast dinner to maximize the enjoyment so the first thing i always eat is the vegetables and the reason for that is that i'm always considering that i normally starve myself a little bit for a roast dinner so I sometimes will wait four or so hours before before I eat that. And so what I want to do is that I want to allow the vegetables to reach my stomach first because if it's in a point of hunger, then it's going to gain the most nutrients to the first thing that hits it. So I think it's the healthiest choice to eat the vegetables first. I had cauliflower cheese on the plate, so I ate that next. Also available, I had the roast potatoes, I had the meat, and I had the Yorkshire puddings. Now, this is where it went slightly wrong. I'm, I'm very, very strong in my resolve that vegetables should be eaten first if you are, are eating in order. Unless you're one of these charlatans that just eats little bits here and there from the plate in no particular order, and, and that's fine. Um, there was a slight look of disdain and challenge on my face when I realised that um, I was at a table with somebody that was eating like that. Um, but that became very apparent very soon because... Within one minute of the uh, the roast being on the table, I got asked, roast potatoes are nice, aren't they? Which blew my mind. I couldn't quite believe what I was hearing. But why would they know that roast potatoes 
are nice because the vegetables haven't eaten yet and there's cauliflower cheese on the plate which is the obvious segue into eating something a little drier so I didn't quite get it. It sparked a debate. I wouldn't say it was an argument because we both we all managed to keep our cool in that situation. However, I did notice that the way they started to hold their knife was slightly different to the way that you would to carve a, a bit of meat. And from there, I made my point quite strongly. Vegetables first, cauliflower cheese, then the potatoes, then the meat, because the meat needs to rest anyway, so it's okay to eat it slightly cooler. And my favourite is the Yorkshire puddings, so I eat them last. But here came the problem. The Yorkshire puddings are my favourite part of the meal. That's why I wanted to have them last, so they're the last remaining memory of that meal as I sit there and wait for my dessert. However, I'd, I'd failed to appreciate as I bit into them, looking quite smug, I'd hasten to add at the beginning. Knowing that I'd left my Yorkshire puddings to last, I then appreciated as I bit in that they're in fact cold. As much as they're enjoyable and the, my favourite part of the roast, they're actually not very good at keeping heat. And so my opportunity to enjoy them as much as possible was tarnished by my own order. And see, I've created in my head this, this particular order, as in if I eat these things in, a, in this way, then it will be the most enjoyment out of it. But in doing that, I'd missed out on so much more. I was now eating cold Yorkshire puddings, which were made very well, I hasten to add. But the point I'm making in this is ultimately that when we talk about order today and creating order, that too much of it can be just as damaging as too little. And so the aim of this isn't to be some sort of idealist audio workshop where you create these strong regiments and regimes to, to live your life in a certain way and then find it actually quite unenjoyable and finding that you're missing out on things. But more to a point for you to determine well, where where is your order and do you find yourself living in, in chaos mostly? If you do live in chaos a lot of the time, then actually finding all order all of a sudden can feel very alien and very uncomfortable in many ways because it, it can it can feel very unfamiliar to you. This isn't just about creating order also. It's a lot of people that I work with, they, they come to realise that so much of life is uncontrollable as in there's so much chaos going around in our lives which is the opposite to order that we just have to find our own peace within that chaos at times and and finding our own order within the, the mess that life can be and finding your own peace and finding an own, your own calm state when everything else is rushing around you can be very empowering when you think about some of the most influential speakers in the world sometimes they've they've got the, the hardest jobs in the world and they put across their point nice and calmly. I think when we look at what order gives us, it's also important to look at what the what disorder causes. And disorder is a term that's used in, in many mental health conditions. You know, look at OCD as in obsessive compulsive disorder, anxiety disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. And disorder brings like a significant difficulty, a distress, an impairment or and a suffering in a person's daily life. So to have that disorder in the mind can be can be very damaging. But we can all actually take for granted a lot of the time the amount of order that we have got going on. And so it's like when you wake up in the morning, people normally have a routine, an order in which they do things. Or when you consider when you get out of the bath or a shower in the morning, you think, well, how, how do you get dressed? Do you put your clothes on in a particular way or a particular order? It's often very much the same same order every day. If you're challenged to change that order all of a sudden, 
it, it wouldn't change, turn your world upside down, but it'd feel slightly different. And so that's not disorder, that's order, that's that's not chaos, that's that's a plan that you, you run to, a ritual that you follow every morning in a particular fashion. And so here's the thing, is that I believe it was uh, Jordan Peterson said that 50% of what you do in a day is the same as what you do every day. And if you live in what you deem to be a chaotic lifestyle and you want to start bringing in order, don't underestimate the small things that you do in your life already. The small everyday things are the things to change because if you can start making those types of changes, then you're not, not just changing it for one day a week, you're changing it for every day of the week. It entirely depends how you feel about your life. You don't have to live your life in a particularly altered way. If you feel that you've got order in your own chaos, then then that's fine. You don't don't need to change that. If you don't feel it doesn't hurt you or benefit you in any way, it's absolutely fine. But this is here just for you to consider if you do want to make changes, then these are some of the things to be considering. And the first thing that comes up with any of this, uh, as it's been the same in the previous podcast, is that you've got to have a consciousness or an awareness that there's something that you do want to change or there's something that doesn't feel comfortable for you. A really good indicator of how chaotic or how peaceful or how organised your life is is to look at the environment around you, the one that you have control over. I remember when I used to work in an office years ago, I was going through a very stressful time and my desk used to be an absolute bombsite. There'd be paperwork and files everywhere in all sorts of places stacked on top of one another in no particular order. However, because my mind was so chaotic at that time, I still had a relative understanding of where stuff was. It just wasn't in a particular order or fashion. And to have had that in a real nice, neat place at the time would have been non-conducive to how I was feeling in my mind. And of course, the desk wasn't the only problem within that stress. That also represented that my organisation of my workload wasn't particularly good either. So I didn't keep a diary. I didn't keep a, a log of what I needed to do. I just tried to keep remembering all the time, putting myself in all sorts of stress and bother because I kept forgetting things. And one of the first things that I did then introduce was a diary system. I got a daily diary and wrote out every day what I needed to do. I had all of my tasks that I needed to get on with. I created some sort of order in it all as well. I worked out what was a priority, what was urgent, what needed doing that day without fail, and what could wait until tomorrow. What could wait until next week or even next month. I've done a red, amber, green light system to work out where I could be with it all. And having that all written down in front of me, I could look at it and realise that, yeah, I had a load of stuff to do, but it wasn't all urgent. It took off so much pressure for me. And I know it sounds very simple and almost like a point of, especially if you're a professional listening to this, thinking, well, yeah, of course you have a diary. To me, that wasn't obvious because it seemed like a step too far within the sort of chaos of my mind. It was probably one of the things that saved my mind the most when dealing with stress was to at least have things written down and have an order to it all. And that only came about as a result of showing the, the chaos that I was presenting at that time and a colleague pulling me to one side and going, but what are you doing? What do you, how are you managing yourself in all of this? And they'd experience something similar themselves because when you're in chaos, it can feel very different and very difficult to suddenly install order and organisation. However, it's entirely necessary and what you need within it all. And gradually over the weeks, I started noticing a difference. Bit by bit, my stress levels started to reduce. My desk got a little bit more tidy. My workload started to feel a little bit more manageable and the work that I was producing become more organised, more thorough and hitting the mark more. I made less mistakes 
and I felt I had more control. Of course, the office environment is only one one environment that you, you may have control over to an extent. You've also got a home that you've probably got a, a level of control with also. Where do you put the order in that? Is it quite an organised home? Do you know where everything is? Can you just go to a particular drawer or cupboard to find a, a document? Or is the door of the cupboard kept shut because you've got a fear of opening it in case everything falls out and you're buried for three days? And it's a saying that if you want to take on the world, start by tidying your room. Make sure everything's in order first in your own home before you start to try and organise the rest of the world. It's a simple start. Order comes from within and the order can be represented by the environment that you have control over. So if you feel that your life is in chaos or if you feel that certain elements of your life are chaotic, then at some point you've got to stop the ride and get off. But here's the thing, if you've lived a life of chaos, then it can feel quite weird to think about a life that's got order. It's something that I, I ask a question of a lot with some clients who have presented to me that they've lived their whole life in a in a realm of chaos to which I then say, well, what would it be like to have a life of order? And most of the time, actually, it's, it's quite uncomfortable to think about because it's not familiar. So it hasn't got to be done all at once. It's small steps. It's making the little changes to everyday things whilst they feel comfortable. It is said that we live 95% of our lives in our subconscious. We're not even conscious of 95% of the stuff that we do in our lives. At some point, an interjection has to come in where you stop what you're doing, stop doing the same old thing all of the time and take stock. Realise where you are and what's going on for you. If you carry on going all the time doing the same thing, then nothing's ever going to change. You're always going to be facing the same problems by doing things the same way. And in fact, they're probably more likely to get worse because you're going to be frustrating yourself that you're still in a constant loop or cycle. Creating order can bring so much confidence and calm within yourself. Sometimes you've just got to be the peace within the storm. Building small positive habits can make a huge, huge difference to your everyday living. Changing the things that you weren't aware that you were doing in the first place can also bring great empowerment. As I said earlier, it's said that 50% of your day is things that you repeat daily. So address the everyday things. When you plan things, don't let them rule you. Don't let them overbear you and be at a point where they take away any of your instantaneity or your impulse. Impulse can also be fun, as long as it's managed in moderation. Take a look at your environment. What is it saying about you? Are you living in a chaotic environment? Is there stuff all over the place? Feeling like you're living in an untidy home that you wouldn't want someone to come in and see. But most of all, find peace within yourself. If you're in a chaotic environment, as in with energy levels of other people, then you can observe those. You can observe the disorders of other people. It doesn't mean you've got to step into it necessarily. It's up to you to set your own pace. Once you know what you want to change, make sure that you set yourself some goals and also make plans. When I cook my Sunday roast, it takes quite a lot of planning for me to do. I really enjoy it actually, because I'm working out what ingredients are needed, when to introduce them, when to cook them, what shelf to put them on, how long for, and what's the best way to, to season them. Most of the time they come out absolutely lovely, but I ne they never used to come out like that. I used to rush things, just improvise, try and do my best, which was fun to do in many respects, but the product wasn't that enjoyable. Whereas now I enjoy the whole thing. I now know after the discussion that I had and uh, how I had my views confronted that 
through being so rigid that I was also missing out on the enjoyment of, of warm Yorkshire puddings. And I'm grateful that someone put in that challenge for me. Albeit it was pointed out to me that it was a little bit pedantic to bring it onto a podcast, but I, I, I stay where I am and um, I, I live I live by the sword or, or the knife. So please let me know, give me feedback, not just on the, the order of the roast and not just on the order of the, uh, the scones or scones, but just on how you find order within yourself. When you look at your environment, what do you see and how does that environment reflect how you feel on the inside? What do you want more of? Give me the feedback. There's a couple more episodes left that are already written. Um, the next episode is uh, entitled Depression and I, which um, is probably a little bit of an intimate view of um, a situation that I've, I've managed over the years and I hope it will be of some, some use. I think it's really, really important that um, people who feel comfortable uh, with their mental health and feel that they've got a, a way of managing it, that they share it and they, they speak openly about it if it feels right for them. And it's something I'm I'm very proud of, and something that I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to bringing you. And the last episode, episode six, uh, will be on gratitude, um, as it's a huge part of my life also now. Also, the second series is uh, also underway. Um, I've got some guests lined up for that, um, which I'll be looking forward to bringing you later this year. Um, so I really hope that you've enjoyed listening today, and um, I do wish you all the very best. You take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. This has been the Adam Coombs Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, then please click, subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Otherwise, I'm available on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn if you look for Adam at Dynamic Therapy Club or Dynamic Therapy Club. I'll be on there. The music on this podcast was brought to you by Dragonov89 at Pixabay. Until next time, take care of yourselves and goodbye.